This is episode 000013. Nothing like a cocked wah. Fully cocked. <laughs> Coming to you from the foamy beer in Derek's belly. Uh, yes. It's the tone control. <laughs> Did you hear my burps the whole time? <laughs> too foamy <laughs> <laughs> nothing to be ashamed of no. <laughs> so gassy <laughs> oh man <clears throat> I should not have said that <laughs> Tuesday. Happy Earth Day. <laughs> Happy Earth Day, everybody. Is it Earth Day? I just learned that yeah. in this second. I only knew about it because everybody I know seemed to think it was a cool thing this year. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Earth Day from when I was a kid. Yeah, um, I was talking to someone at work today and they were like, I thought that kind of ended after eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And I was like, well, yeah, exactly but uh, right. I, for some reason, everyone... Facebook, everything this year has just been happy Earth Day. Oh my God, Earth Day, Earth Day, Earth Day, which is great. I mean, hey, yeah. I support the Earth. I keep all my stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. Well, I don't. I mean, I I guess I need to get out of the studio once in a while, or I'll learn. I, I might run the risk of learning what day things are, what day it is. I can't. They call today Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was busy, and that's kind of what pushed us back a week. Where we were trying to be more regular about our schedule, and and I know I, I feel terrible. I told somebody on Twitter that we're like, "Well, oh, we're doing the next episode on Tuesday," and that was last week. Uh, <laughs> so they're probably like, "Oh, what this the is hell, man." This is why we avoided getting a Twitter page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I found the wrong solution to that problem. This beer is just foam city. Anyway. Yeah, you heard Justin, right? We're on the Twitters now. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. And the Faces book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are. No, it uh, it's really good, though. We we set it's that up. It's working and, out. Yeah, well, Derek set that up. Yeah. Frankly, I didn't do anything. <laughs> uh, but many of you apparently have joined the Facebook page and, and are following us on Twitter and... Um, it's kind of starting to confirm that apparently people listen to this that don't uh, didn't know us personally before we started recording it. So that's you know that's kind of nice. Yeah, uh, I think we have got 106 Facebook likes and dramatically less Twitter followers, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's up with Twitter being so much less? I don't know, but whatever. We're at the Tone Control there and Facebook.com/slash the Tone Control. And as of as of 20 minutes ago, I made us a subreddit. <laughs> oh dear, a subreddit. So look out, reddit.com slash r slash the tone control. So yeah, Reddit, yeah. look up uh, the tone control. I'm thinking, I've never done this before. I'm not a mod of any uh, subreddit, so this is all new to me. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking 
We should. I'm going to jump ahead to the end of the show for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Roger that. Um, I think it would be cool if people shared their gear with us. Oh, that would be really neat. I think they should get at us on wherever they choose, whether it be through the website or on Twitter, either you or me or the show, Mm -hmm. uh, which is also you and or me, uh, or (laughs) Facebook or Reddit and just like post your stuff and we'll talk about it. And that would be pretty fun, I think. We have one of those already, don't we? Have one of what? Well, we had a guy share uh, his gear, his his rig oh, yeah. down with us. Right, right. That was well, we should link to that. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Prepared. That was, did you watch it? I did. Yeah, yeah. He has quite a rig. So yeah, at BR Metal Fan, he was talking to me about talking to us a little bit about uh, his rig, and it was like really serious stuff. Yeah, um, serious tour rig for sure. Yeah. Amazingly clean and sparkly and tidy. He opened up the back. I was watching the whole video that he he shared with us, and I was like, "Oh man, this is pretty cool." You know, I don't play guitar like this, but that's a nice, yeah, it was very tight setup, high gain. Um, the the super high gain stuff with the they were the Mesa, right? The triaxis, yeah, the the rack mount Mesas, the right the rack mount triaxis preamps going into the Mesa power amps, and of course he has backups of everything. So he has two of everything in the rig, and the the other one's just sitting there as a backup. Total pro. Yeah. So then he's like, oh, yeah. And so here on the side of the case, I'm like, oh, neat, you know. And then he opens up the back door of the case. And mm-hmm. everything is perfectly zip-tied and bundled yep. together. And yep. That was the part where I was like, oh, man. <laughs> That's <laughs> Look at what's this up. Rig. <laughs> Very neat. Anyway, yeah. Just nerding out about wiring. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wiring is important. It is. And when it's nice and neat and stuff, you got a little light inside. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Beauteous. Very good. So anyway, you want to do it? You Let's wanna, do it. You want to dig into the news? Let's dig into the news. Oh God, my nemesis is up first. <laughs> the JHS color box is coming out. We have a date. Oh man, you know what? I wish I could have a guitar pedal that mimicked the preamp circuit of that famous EMI console from back in the day. You know, the one that you can get that really gritty and very crappy sounding distortion out of if you overdrive it, but really well, sounds, Justin. probably sounds amazing clean, but if you overdrive it, it sounds really terrible. I wish I could make that into a distortion box. You are in luck. <laughs> For just 400 American dollars. Yeah, man, 400 uh, bucks. So, you know, we talked about this a while ago and it's it sounds it sounds okay. Like it sounds yeah. uh <clears throat> there are settings on it that sound mm-hmm. pretty good to me. But uh what it's really designed to do, I I think we agree is not really so amazing. So, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, JHS color box coming out May 26th. It's $400. Yeah, my last bullet point on this says, "Yep, nope, 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 nope." <laughs> <laughs> just wanted a- to throw that. That's not really even hard. That's hardly news, but just want a little update on an old story. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. It's moving on. Cut, cutting all this out. <laughs> Ernie Ball, M Steel Strings. What the heck is that? Yeah, this. So this happened. Uh, a little while ago. Uh, the, <laughs> I know, it's been like, how, how long has it been since I, the last episode? 
Uh, three weeks. Too long. So this happened like shortly after the last episode, but mm-hmm. these are new strings from Ernie Ball. Uh, alt, they're marketed, marketed as ultra high output strings. So hmm. they're, they're, they still come in all the standard sizes, which is like slinky, ultra slinky, whatever. Okay. Uh, but they, they've got some new, uh, super cobalt um, around a new, a new right. steel core. Um, and I guess they're like just kind of, they went from the, they called it from the ball end up like you have another choice, but <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I th- um, are they making I, a ground up joke i don't know uh, maybe but so they're they're like specially tempered for fatigue resistance uh from what i understand they're not coated or anything like that they're not like an elixir competitor okay they're just a metal or a clear tone competitor they're, a they're metal just like a super take tough a lot longer to stretch out right and then the other aspect of it is they are louder strings okay so these are electric guitar strings, so they're magnetic. So being louder must mean that they generate a stronger magnetic field. Is that what we're talking about? I guess if you get down to it, probably. They didn't get into that sort of detail on the product pages here um, mm-hmm. because that's that's kind of boring marketing stuff that no one's going to listen to. All the, all the customer wants to know that it's the loudest, most expressive string ever created. Yeah. Well, if I'm the customer, <laughs> I want to know why they think they can advertise that because it sounds right. like BS. I've heard some demos, you know, okay, here's this guitar with standard whatever strings and here it is with M steels and it's different, I guess, but it's not different enough for me to want to buy different strings, I guess. And it's not yeah. different enough to say like, it's this new crazy super cobalt and it's higher output. I think it might be a little placebo and a little bit like you're probably playing a little harder and don't realize it. Mm. But new, there's new other strings tend to sound louder. Right. Um, generally. But I mean, because they're fresh. I mean, yeah, that's how it is. If it was really inducing a higher voltage current in the pickup, then it would throw your whole rig off. Unless you wanted to up, increase the output of your pickups, you would use different pickups or you would yeah. turn up the volume knob or something. I I don't know. Yeah. There's other things that, other, I think, smarter things that can be done yeah. than changing your strings this way. I don't know. But there's other things about it. They've got a new wrap design around the ball end that um, reduces slipping and breaking, which is good. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that, you know, that's always a thing. Yeah. I can get behind some mechanical. Uh, you know, research and development to get your strings to not break so easily mm-hmm. or to last longer in general. That's all fine. I think the loudest strings ever is high output strings. It sounds like marketing fluff. I mean, it and does. like I say, if it's true, then you know what are we're dialing in our rigs and and we're we're getting used to our pickup output. It, it'd be just like changing to higher output pickups. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever. So, like I said, it comes in all the standard Ernie Ball sizes, but um, they're thirteen bucks a pack, hmm. which for uncoated like coated strings, elixirs, and clear tones and stuff are kind of about that. Yeah, um, if, I, I haven't bought uncoated strings in a while, but I know they're not thirteen dollars a pack. Oh yeah, they should be like half that, right? I mean, yeah, some six or seven or eight bucks. I mean, you can get elixirs for less than thirteen, so right. Um, they better last a damn long time, I guess, at that price. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. If anybody's trying these out yet, I want to know about it. 
they kind of made some waves. So I'm interested to see what people think. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to see some kind of as scientific as possible type tests. Yeah. Is is it actually like perceived to be louder? Hey, it should be measurable. Oh well, yeah. It should be a voltage difference. Right. This this wouldn't be hard to test. I could test that with a multimeter. Hmm. What are you are you tapping on something? What are you doing? Oh, that's you hear my scrolling wheel? Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily the listeners are hearing a different microphone than the one yeah. you're hearing. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell if you were just like casually drumming on the desk. <laughs> hold on, let me oh now I just banged my microphone. Okay. Uh hold on, let me try to No, it's fine. I just my, didn't know what it was. My computer might have been resting against the I use a Kensington expert mouse with my workstation. I use this fancy a, Apple mouse that I enjoy less every day. That's the magic one yeah. that you can scroll on? Yeah, maybe it's also just because my computer is a little old. I don't no, know. I've, I get I've frustrated heard, with it sometimes. Yeah, I, I've heard that those are the next best thing, but I, I like the scrolling wheels. Gets yeah. my editing um, speed <clears throat> way, way I up. do... As some people may know, I do a lot of work in um, Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop and, and other things of that nature. And I, I'm sure you can maybe turn this off, but the scroll function on this mouse that's just on the surface just yeah. wreaks havoc in those programs. It's just oh, really? constantly just throwing the screen all over the place. Hmm. Um, partly because, like, you know, as you, you may not notice, but as you, this is so interesting, isn't it? <laughs> 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 this, is, this is gold content. <laughs> as you kind of scroll, as you like rest your finger, it, it moves a little, and then the program reads that as a scroll. So, like as I'm just clicking around, my whole document is like wiggling all over oh, the place. Oh wow! So yeah, I mean, because I've heard of, I've even talked with other engineers that use those like to navigate Pro Tools, and I'm thinking. I use the scroll wheel and modifier keys basically to tell it which direction and what thing to scroll. Like I can zip around super quickly with this that I, in a way that I wouldn't be able to do with just a trackpad or an ordinary mouse. Yeah. Um, And frankly, the trackball on this thing is humongous. So it's, um, it's very detailed. Yeah. Um, And I can get the speed uh, just right. But I've heard of people using those magic mouse things and I never tried one, so it's basically the whole surface of the mouse is a trackpad. Well, it, it's you roll it across your desk like a standard mouse, but the yeah, 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 but the, but the scrolling function is is on the surface, yeah, um, and it's like left, right, you know, uh, yeah, up, yeah. down, and then every direction in between, which is what causes my Illustrator documents to fly all over the screen, right. But that's what they were saying to me is like, oh, I can zip around super quickly because they don't have to use modifier keys to change the direction. They yeah, just... I think it might also be that I'm not used to, I do most of that work on PC and I'm not used mm. to the momentum, like the uh, the scroll mm. momentum. So if you scroll and then let go on a Mac, it's just going to go, Wee! Inertia. Yeah. <laughs> Inertial scrolling, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could turn that off, but I, I enjoy it <laughs> everywhere else and I, I <laughs> it's not worth it. Right, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah, so anyway. What were we just about to talk about? We were about to talk about the tone cone. The tone, tone cone. Tone cone troll. The <laughs> <laughs> tone cone. Tone cone. Troll. Troll. <laughs> That's us. Uh, so tone cone with a K. No, it isn't, is uh, it? Yeah. Oh my God, it is. I wrote it wrong in the notes. 
<laughs> anyway, I talked to you about this a few days ago. Yeah, that's right. Um, so this is a uh, it's a dynamic microphone mounting system designed to basically hold a microphone like a SM57 type of microphone uh, in against your speaker cabinet, your guitar speaker. Um, but in like I've seen uh, at stores and even used sometimes the, these little bars that sort of um, sometimes they fit under the amp or around the top of it, and it's sort of a little L-shaped bar that holds. Uh, it has a microphone mount on the end of it. So you can stick it, if, if your amp has a handle, you could stick it through the handle, oh, right. and then it would sort of stick the microphone out and around. I've seen that. Or just yeah. put the cabinet on top of it and mic the bottom speaker with that. So that this is basically a um, like a replacement, or I guess they would say an advancement on that theory. So with this, you've got these um, straps, nylon, I guess, straps, that mm-hmm. tough like seatbelty kind of material. And there's a cone that holds the microphone in, and I guess it's like a suspension mount. And the cone is all, it's like a sort of wireframe cone. So it's not generating internal reflections. It's kind of, it's almost like solo cup shaped. Yeah, sure. Right. Solo cup with like slats all in it. Yeah. So the air can pass through, but, but it holds the microphone. And the nylon strap run through it. Right, the nylon strap runs through it so that you can, it's like fully adjustable and you can wrap this thing around your cab. There's, um, you can attach it with Velcro around the back or there's even these like uh, semi-rigid things that you can bend into a hook so they'll grab onto like the open back of an open back cab. Mm-hmm. I think I saw uh, one that you could like snap too. Oh, cool. Anything that's not Velcro is the better idea in my book. Yeah, because the microphone probably weighs something and it can wear out vibrations, who knows. So, yeah, so it holds the microphone um, and you sort of adjust it to be wherever on the speaker you want. And the idea is that the strap, you leave the strap adjusted so it's in the same place every time. So you just attach it to your cab and bam, once you find the sweet spot on your particular cab, you've got it. Yeah. And you just put your microphone in the tone cone and... You're good to go for any show, or I mean, I guess you you could use it in the studio, whatever you wanted. Going for twenty four ninety nine pounds. That's pounds, right? Sterling, yeah. yeah. Yep. Plus shipping. So what's that? Oh, who knows? Forty bucks. Yeah. I sent this to you because I wanted to know if you thought this was a good idea or not, basically, or if you thought it was kind of like why um, not? Like you could just as easily in the studio. It's a different deal because yeah. It's it's not as doesn't need to be as repeatable, but um, but I don't know. You, what do you think? Okay, so you've seen people with uh, tape on their cabs, right? They've got a little tape square. Yep, like a, or a corner. This is yeah, yeah. This is the this is the spot to put the microphone because I know my speaker cab. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool. Like as a live sound engineer, I love that. Don't waste any time. I'm probably gonna put it right in that spot anyway because my default spot is always going to be right there. So <laughs> if there's tape on it, I'll go, okay, well, clearly they care. Yep. Um, and if there isn't tape on it, I'm probably going to put it in the right spot, because guess what? I've mic'd a guitar cab before. And <laughs> <laughs> unless we have all day to dial in a sound check or you know, an hour or something, I'm not going to move it around. I'm going to put it in the most commonly good spot, and I'm going to EQ it if I have some problem, or I'm going to say something to you about it if I have some problem in sound check. Mm-hmm. Um, what this can't do is... Angle the microphone. Right. I almost never, ever, ever use the microphone straight on to the speaker. 
I don't think I've ever done that in my entire life. Hmm. Thought put put a microphone straight into a speaker and thought that that was the best sound. Like like you can move it around, you move it to the edge of the cone, toward the center of the cone. Right, but uh, it's at I, a 90 degree. Right, like with it's the face perpendicular. Of the grill. Yeah. yeah, it's perpendicular to the speaker itself and I always have at least a little bit of an angle. Sometimes I play around with that angle a little bit, but I never use it straight on. And because this is this cone, this solo cup shaped thing is always going to sit with the ring against the speaker grill. That means you're never going to be able to put an angle on it. And so what's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that when I saw this because it, it looks like this is the kind of thing that someone it, on the surface, it looks like a really great like invention type thing, you know, yeah. like this was probably doodled out on a few notepads and it was like, this is awesome. This is a great idea. Mm-hmm. And it's a good idea. But I, I, now that you're mentioning, like you can't really change every dynamic yeah. of the microphone you need a more elaborate suspension mount so that you can put the microphone off axis to the speaker because in almost every case I've found um, the directly on axis sound is not the best. I can get a better tone out of the amp by holding it at a little bit of an angle. Mm. So, well, so that <laughs> to each their own. I mean, the, the <laughs> idea is, yeah, the, I mean, the point of this, just like marking your cab with tape or something, is. It's it's if you really need that, I need my mic here every single time, type yep. of setup. You um, could put this in your guitar case, you know. Right. You could you could carry this with you. I mean, rather than having to carry a mic stand with you, it's um, well, it's, it's more repeatable than using those those L bracket mounts that I was talking about, which mm-hmm. is sort of the next best thing, the next um, lowest profile thing you can do. I think you'd be better off if if you're really concerned about on or off axis, I think you'd be better off taping and telling someone off axis than, yeah. than this thing. Mm-hmm. Because, well, for one thing, as, <laughs> as a guitarist, I do not own a microphone that goes with my amp. You know, I don't, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know many people that do uh, as like, that is part of their rig. This is the microphone that listens to everything. Yeah, unless so, it's built into the rig, like the one sure. we we saw. Right, that's um, a different setup. I mean, that that he had the kind of rig where you take the front face off the live-in cab, and the microphone's yep. already there, and you just the microphone was already on an L bracket. It yeah. was already in its position. It lives that way in the cab all the time. Right, and that's highly repeatable. Yeah, and well, anyway, it's a neat little Whatever. gadget, but <laughs> yeah, it's, good, it good, doesn't. Not great. Um, <laughs> yeah, it. it I, I, the problem they're trying to solve is an easy, repeatable thing that you can that it's easy to attach, and so on and so forth. Um, but they didn't go far enough because you have to be able to change that angle, or you're not going to get the perfect sound that you want, unless you happen to have <clears throat> the the one speaker speaker amp guitar combination where it sounds great directly on axis. Right. So. Well, version two point Yeah. Something to work towards. <laughs> <laughs> the tone cone troll. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, this beer is like it's really foamy in the glass and in the bottle and in my stomach. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm having like a serious like burping issue here. <laughs> Apologies I'm, to the listener. I'm oh. not cutting any of this out. <laughs> And I can feel it happening. I'm just like, oh man, this is a bad idea. <laughs> Gurgly. It's good beer though. Yeah. Charter Oak good. Beer Company. For yeah, 
Brewed in small batch. It says right on it. Hmm. A true legend. <laughs> A true legend in foam. Yeah. I'm here like trying to drink it carefully. It's not helping. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Diet Coke and Mentos. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, I squeaked. Anyway. Anyway. Hey. Hey. Hey, Derek, have you heard of. (laughs) Hey, hey. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Have you heard of Pedal Genie? Tell me about it. Man. Pedal Genie. <laughs> I'm really sorry. No, please, please continue. Uh, Pedal Genie is uh, a website. It's a service where you can create your own wish list of guitar pedals, and they'll mail you one like Netflix DVD style from your wish list. You keep it as long as you want, and then send it back in the same box it was it came to you in. Whenever you're ready, no late fees. Can you not get out of this inflection? I can't find a way out. <laughs> Somebody help me. Anyway, oh, you did it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, yeah, com. All of your pedal wishes granted. They uh, proudly sponsored the Tone Control, and we're really happy to have them. So, yeah, like Justin said, you rent every pedal you desire for one low monthly price. It's thirty four ninety five a month, but your first month, it's only a buck. So... Try Can't it out. Argue with there's, that. there's really no reason not to at least give it a try. Shipping's included, no late fees, no limits, anything like that. We've been using it for a little bit. I've had, I don't know, four pedals out now, and it's I'm really enjoying it. It's like something I really like always look forward to getting. And yeah. It's yeah. It's, tons of fun to get something in the mail and and be able to play it. Like I I'm not even like I'm not actively gigging or anything like neither, that. Me neither, not so, these days. Yeah, so I'm just I'm making a list of like I'm going through just the the hundreds of pedals that they've got on here and and going, "Oh man, that sounds wild. I don't even know what that would sound like or you know, just things that I would never in a million years um be able to to get my hands on cuz they pedals cost a lot of money and, yeah. and you know, like I I can't go around just buying everything just because I want to know what it sounds like. So now I have these wild wild pedals I recorded a little thing, and I think I probably put it at the start of this segment because that sounds like something I would do. I think I think future you did that. Future me probably put For future a, you uh, did that in the past tense. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, I uh, what I had out this this week was uh, the Snow White from Mad Professor, yeah. which is a bass auto wah. So I get to do some bass stuff, which I. I hardly ever dig out my bass anymore but so i thought bass pedals i put a bunch of them on my list so this is the first I one i've gotten that. i should yeah i should add some it's wild and i mean I'm, I'm sure it's cool on guitar too but i didn't even bother because i was having so much fun playing <laughs> bass you basically you spend a little while dialing in the the settings to get it to just the right sweet spot for how loud you're playing how hard you're striking the strings yep um, because you you know you overplay and you'll you'll miss the envelope and if you underplay it won't ever trigger, so you kind of dial into where you are once you find that sweet spot and then there's sort of some timing things about how quickly it releases and stuff, mm. um, but then you get this nice twangy 
extra action to basically anything you're playing. It's fun. It, it gives you a. It gives it a feel, um, sort of like the way I, I imagine organ players feel about different electric organs because they all have a different uh-huh. kind of springiness to the keys, and it, it sort of coaxes you into playing in a more legato or maybe a more bouncy way. So hmm. this, you're I hearing should, this little. I should add this thing to my list. You're hearing this little uh, Ottawa kind of add a bounce to each of your notes, and so it kind of gets you to to react to that, and you kind of start playing off of it. Um, so it was it was really neat. That's cool. I, I saw a few demos of it. Once you told me you had it, I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw someone playing it with guitar, but they had set, I guess, the envelope all the way to zero, so it wouldn't trigger. And then yeah. I guess the other, whatever the the voice knob, I don't know what it's called. There's a there's a resonance knob. Maybe I think it's is that. the one. But it, it basically one moves the z- the wah feature or like the wah bump. So you could yeah. basically make it a cocked wah pedal. You can, yeah. It basically becomes a filter knob. Yeah, like you okay. can basically just kind of choose the cut, and yeah, so you can make it kind of an always on wah. That's cool. Um, that that's an awesome sound to have with like fuzz or. Yep. Any of that, like kind of nasally in between pickup sounds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So with this pedal, you could definitely you could dial that in, and then with the turn of a knob, you can switch. You can sort of remember whereabouts your uh, your sensitivity setting should be, and turn it all the way up or down or whichever way it is. Um, so you get the cocktail sound, and then reach down and twist the knob, and suddenly it's it's playing and reacting to you again. It'd be pretty cool. Hmm. Nothing like a cocktail. <laughs> fully cocked <laughs> and you also had the the sl drive out for a while which i had yeah. recently we we had so long now between episodes i had the sl drive after the last show but uh before this one um yeah and i i also really liked that i got to use it um <clears throat> the pedals uh the power supply that i have here i can run a few different voltages out of it so um, I got to run it at 18 <clears throat> volts, which it's perfectly happy taking. Um, and I found that it was incredibly low noise mm. at, at least at, at 18. I'm, I, I, now that I think of it, I guess I should have compared it running at nine volts, but, um, I, I basically turned the thing all the way up, just flat out, totally dimed it. And it actually had lower noise than my Effectro distortion pedal, huh. which, even though it has three tubes in it, it's still like the lowest noise distortion pedal I had ever used before. Um, so comparing them both at totally maxed out settings, uh, the SL drive had lower noise and a really similar amount of gain. Mm. Um, and so I, that's that's impressive, and it it really does give it that uh, a nice, um, you know, the the Marshall Super Lead kind of sound. Um, yeah. It's not as tuby. Because, you know, it doesn't have a tube in it. So what I found that it lacks compared to my tube distortion pedals and my amps and stuff was um, that bit of sag. When it's really gained up, um, I was wanting it to kind of have this give and sag to it the way tubes do, and it doesn't quite have that. So my favorite settings on it were actually having the output all the way up and then adjusting the gain to taste. So I'm Mm. using it sort of as a boost to overdrive whatever's next in the chain. That's cool. um, Because whatever's next in the chain is probably a tube amp, and so I'm getting some of that sag back that way. Right. But what it lacks in that, it kind of makes up for in other things like 
pedal board size and price. Price? Yeah. Oh my god. What is the I, I one twenty five? I think one twenty five. I think on Amazon. Holy cow! That is such a great build quality and sound for one hundred twenty five dollars. I, I don't think there's a better. I mean, if you like a a, a gainy, you know, medium to high gain kind of martially tone to your distortion, um, I don't think there's a better pedal. You know, under I would agree. Well, pro- probably under three hundred bucks. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So along the Marshall vein, I have the box of rock now, which has little Marshall on the front. You know, mm-hmm. you can see it. So this is a two foot switch uh, jobby. It's got a boost built in, uh, which is the boost circuit. I guess is the Zvex super hard on boost that they're really known for, which is also fully cocked. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, did I say half cocked earlier? No, I oh, should have said. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, oh. Anyway, so the box of rock is—it's actually surprisingly. I told you the same size as your unbooster here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like practically the same enclosure. Um, it's a JTM forty-five voiced thing. I'm not going to say clone because someone chewed me out on Reddit for saying it's a clone, uh. but uh, it's a, it's a little, not chewed me out. He was just like, uh, mm, uh kind of nerdy about it. <laughs> the difference between a clone and a yeah. circuit copy. So it's, um, what's funny is that when this was in the mail coming to me, I was reading about it and everybody was like, this is so high gain. Uh, it's got way more gain than anyone could possibly use. And I was like, well, I'm just coming off the SL drive. So well, let's see. Yeah, and then I get it, and it's not really that high gain. Well, the, J- J- the JTM forty five is what it's copying. That's yeah. not a super high. It's not going to have as much gain as the right. super lead. And that's what I thought was strange. I was like, wow. I, maybe I was like, I was questioning what I knew about the JTM forty five. So mm. but, they must uh, be talking about the boost. Maybe which would be correct because the boost yeah. is lethal on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is so loud. It is just. I have it at nine o'clock and it's really doing some serious boosting. So any, any more than that. And it's dangerous, but, um, this has an awesome build quality. The, uh, between the boost and the drive knobs, they say crackle. Okay. Because when you turn them, you hear a little bit of crackle. Oh yeah. That's the, as if it's it's, adjusting the voltage, right? Right. And it sounds like it might be a dirty pot, but it's not, it's just like Mm -hmm, adjusting mm -hmm. the bias inside the pedal, which is neat. Um, one thing I wish it had was a more active tone sweep, more like mm. the SL drive. This one is just like bassier on one side, treblier on the other side. So too subtle. Well, it's across the whole range. It's it's a pretty wide range. It's just not like like on the SL drive, you could put that knob anywhere and it sounded fantastic. And you could yeah. you could play that through. At least I found I could play it through any setting on my rig and it would work. They were all very sure. different, but it would work in a cool way. This has like, you know, maybe a range of 10 or 20% that is the real sweet spot for a certain setup. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it sounds really good, though. It's It's got that like Marshall-y, I don't really know how to describe it, but it, it shares a quality with the SL drive that is that Marshall sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but if with this, the, the drive kind of like halfway, it's a really cool like, low gain pedal uh really nice like if you dig in hard it's gonna clip and it's gonna break up a little bit but you can get a really like chimey jangly clean out of it 
Cool. And then with the boost, the boost you can use uh, independently of the drive channel, which is nice. So it adds, it's just that super hard on that they make in it. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's kind of a twofer. But um, apparently Ben Gibbard uses one of these from Death Cab for Cutie. So any Death Cab nerds yep. should check this thing out. Um, I just learned that today. Neat. Yeah. And then uh, I also had the Strymon compressor for a week before this. And I know we we talked about compressor pedals yeah a few episodes back and i was when, when we joined pedal gene i was like good i'm gonna add compressor pedals to my list because i don't know what the hell they do <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i got it and it's a strymon so therefore it's awesome and it too has a boost built in but you cannot use it independently of the the compression which i was a little let down about because so the compressor has to be engaged for right. the boost to work and the boost had like a three-way switch EQ on it, like a flat, mid, or a high, or treble, okay. or whatever they call it, which were all very, very different. The flat, mm. more of the same, just louder kind of thing. Mid had a really nasally, like honky, cool, Houses of the Holy yep. kind of thing. Uh, and then treble was, it actually did wonders for my the neck humbucker in my telly, that setting. Hmm. Sounded really good. And then the compression, like it was subtle, but I could hear what was happening and I decided it's not something I want. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's an optical type compressor, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, so it's gonna be slower, um, more transparent, like not as as audible an effect. Mm-hmm. Just um It's more of a feel. Yeah, it's more of a feel. Um y- you can feel it as a player more than anybody else is going to be able to necessarily hear it, um, right. especially if it's not totally uh, cranked up uh, real hard. And ba- basically like the other, the other kind of compressor, like a faster compressor, like, like I guess the Ross circuit is a popular one um, is much quicker. And so you get those kind of rubber bandy chicken picking, which of I, I would like to try things. also, cause I can hear that audibly a lot more. Yeah. Um, just as I kind of trained my ear for it. But uh, yeah, I mean, and the Strymon was, a, it's a $300 pedal. Like I'm not mm. going to buy a $300 pedal for something that I can't always hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's and an if aff- I, when, when I can hear it, it's cranked up too high and I don't like what it does to my sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I prefer that dynamic. And especially with my Plimsoll is a high, pretty high gain pedal. It loses some of that really awesome, like, rich saturation. Yeah, because your your guitar isn't poking into your distortion pedal quite as much. It's being tamed a little bit by yeah. the compressor. So yeah, I, I actually used uh on a session a couple of weeks ago, I actually the the guitarist was was doing a solo and I actually put my the com- the optical compressor that I built, I dug it out and put that on yeah and, and kind of used it as a boost. Like I I dialed the output up mm-hmm. real hard. Didn't use a lot of the compression on it, but I dialed the output right up and used that as a boost. And at, at, compressors as a boost, you aren't going to get as much breakup, as much additional distortion as if you used a real boost because they're going to clip a lot more. So the compressor isn't going to clip yeah. um, if it's working right. It's not going to clip, but it is going to keep all your notes the same volume as if you were clipping. So it was a way of um, 
adding the feel of more gain without changing the sound that we were playing with, the, the gain level of the sound that we were playing the solo with. Sure. So hmm. useful, but like you say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I still want to try some more out, but, you know, like I said, especially in Strymon's case, like their pedals are very expensive. Yep. And 300 bucks or something I can't always tell is on. And then when it is on, I don't even like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> not, not worth it. You do it. want your compressors so to anyway, be... Uh, well manufactured with expensive parts because that's how they get the the low noise and because compressors are raising your noise floor you don't want them to be adding a ton mm-hmm. of extra hiss to your signal so unfortunately oh speaking of of low noise this box of rock is very mm, quiet cool which I well, is one of the first things I noticed about it I, you know clicked it on and it was just like completely silent sweet so things really built built really well Zvex makes some wild yeah. stuff. Pedal Genie has them. So anyway, yeah, thanks to Pedal Genie. Go to pedalgenie.com slash tone control and you can check out what we've got on our lists, what we've got coming to us, and what we'll be talking about in the next episode and uh, make your own wish list. And then yep. when you're ready, um, sign up and activate your account for just a dollar for the first month. Even if you're lazy about it like we are, you'll you'll be able to get two or three pedals into the first month before you're even really paying anything. Yeah, and the the list of manufacturers is endless, but like I've got the Zvex and we had the Exotic SL drive, Strymon, Earthquaker Devices, JHS, Empress, TC, all the big names too, TC Electronic, Boss, everybody. Mm-hmm. So, and and they're getting more constantly. So, yeah. Seriously check them out. Yeah, we're happy to have them sponsoring the podcast and they convinced us to get a Facebook page and a Twitter account. So if you're on our, <laughs> if you're on uh, following us on Twitter or uh, on Facebook, uh, yeah, thank, have them thank, thank Pedal Genie. In fact, <laughs> I would love for everybody to just go. Uh, we're going to post the link to this episode when it goes live, and just follow through the link because there'll be something there that chases back to Pedal Genie. And yep. um, go to Pedal Genie's Facebook page and just say, "Tone," you know, say where say you heard about them on the Tone Control. Because I bet they'd dig that, and I would dig that. And I that. would dig that too. Hey, we got another iTunes review. Oh, did we? Yep. Is it? And we is have enough shitty? now. No, it's great. Oh, and I don't know who it is. <gasps> like the first two, we know who they are, and this third one is some mystery fan. <laughs> I wish you mystery fans out there could see Derek's face. <laughs> he Excitement. is thrilled. And so this makes three reviews. <laughs> <laughs> which which gives us enough reviews to display an average rating. Ah, yes. Oh, which is, guess what? Five stars. Damn straight. Yeah, we're pretty awesome. Not a big deal or anything. It's probably time to kick <laughs> back and phone it in from here, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. 13 episodes? We really had a stride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up. <laughs> uh, we don't want to get old, you know? Yeah, well, we'll just keep doing episodes few and far between. <laughs> oh, I was going to say a minute ago, one thing Pedal Genie is really, really good at is making sure my pedal board is constantly destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm just turning to face mine right now, and it used to be so well organized, and now there's there's uh, power there's cables. patches flying everywhere. Patch and- <laughs> cables are all rearranged. Oh, oh, yeah. I have something to add. Um, Go ahead. Back to the Mad Professor Snow White bass Ottawa that I had most sure. recently. Um, it's it's your standard um, 
you know, standard size pedal enclosure, the four knobs, it looks a lot like a TC pedal, for example. With the jacks on the side, side or top is acceptable, by the way, for places to put your jacks on, on a guitar pedal. The power cable is on the right side on the foot switch side of the jack, so closest to the bottom of the pedal. Right, so like... I have I have a boss pedal here, like down here. That's right. Yeah. De- yeah. So on the side, on the the end of the pedal where the foot switch is. So if, if you're looking at it, like bottom. Yeah. Right. It's like below yeah. the input jack. <sighs> Unacceptable. You know, the side power thing is way more common than it should be. It, why was that ever done? Like that, I do not know. That and is a it's pedal. On the, that, it's on the Zvex too. Oh really? I, it's it's very I don't know if you can see this. Yeah. It's right next to the jack, but it's I don't know. This is the this is this pedal's wider than it is tall, so it's a little yeah. different when you've got patches running. Like all these can run away out of the top, I guess. But it's still just like I don't have right angle adapters for my power thing. They're all they're all straight straight barrel yeah. because most of my pedals are are at the top. Mm-hmm. Even my my plimsoll is on the side, and it was a major deal for me to like deal with that. Go with that pedal, yeah, because it kind of it puts a kink in your in your power supply. Yep. Yeah, it's it's meh. it's just wrong. I, I mean, in an ideal world, I think jacks would always be all right. I guess in the most ideal world, the jacks would always be on the top, and they're. And power in between. I think power in between should be fine. I, I mean, or or off to one side, whatever. I, mean, I, I guess as a as a pedal builder, you're wanting to not be too crowded, but it's just not that big a deal. And and for, a lot of EHX pedals are all on the top. Yeah. Granted, they're in giant enclosures, but yeah, I don't know. But, but oh, just power on the side. What what is that? What? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've got right angle adapters for your connectors, then it's less of a big deal. Well, I do. But it's still in the way. It was still a pain in the butt. I have to like snake it around the patch cables, and it's just yeah. it's all wrong. It's all wrong. All wrong. But yeah, my my pedal board is constantly a mess now. Mm. And just a couple of days ago, I finally put it back together. And I was like, ah, yeah, ah, nice, yeah, box of rock. Oh boy, <laughs> tear it apart. <laughs> yeah. Because what I do is I don't know what, what if you have like a thing you do when you get these, but I always plug it in on its own first mm-hmm. without a, the rest of my board into both my amps and try it out, see kind of like what I like, what I don't like, and and then I add it to either of my two pedal boards and just see how it acts with other pedals, basically. Yeah. yeah. For the most part, I'm st- I, I'm just kind of adding it to either the front or the back of my pedal board. Um, just, I, yeah. just because I'm kind of set up here at my workstation, like everything's ready to go at the flip of a switch. So I basically just reach down. I have one spot in my chain that that pedal is easier to pull out than some others. So I usually put it yeah. there, um, which is smack in the middle oftentimes, but mm. like the compressor I had to put in the beginning. Cause it was which, huge. Right. But, and then like the power cable doesn't reach off the board. So I like pull a bunch of stuff off and uh. <laughs> first world problems. Yep. First world guitarist problem. I, I can't even remember how much rambling we've been doing. I might have a nightmare editing this. It's relevant. <laughs> I know it's, it's relevant. Not, it's I, not like our computer mouse conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pedalgenie.com 
all of your pedal wishes granted. All right, I got one more news story. Okay. And then and then we can tie it up. Okay. He'll lay it on yeah. me. Uh CEO of Fender, Larry Thomas, is retiring. So uh I added this because I think a lot of times people forget that guitar companies are still big giant companies. Mm. Uh so effective May 31st of this year, um Larry Thomas is retiring and he was appointed to the uh FMIC Fender Musical Instrument Corporation board in 09 and he became CEO in 2010. Uh, he is responsible for, are you familiar with the um, Fender Visitor Center? The new Fender v- Welcome Center? Uh, I guess not. They built this because uh, a lot of these guitar companies you can go do factory tours and things. Mm-hmm. They built this really cool like tiny museum to Fender that is like a big uh, visitor welcome center to the plant and to the factory and everything before yeah. you go on the tour. And they've got all kinds of really awesome stuff there. So he headed that up. And then I think pretty sure he's been responsible for a lot of the direction the custom shop has been going in, which if you've been following it all, you know, is killing it. Yeah. Well, we, we had that, <laughs> the story, uh, was it last episode about building basically the website that builds your own guitar? Right. Yeah. 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 I'm sure he had a lot to do with that. So um, the current COO, uh, Scott Gilberston, will be the interim CEO while they find somebody to replace Larry Thomas. But um, it's just kind of interesting to think about. So who is at the helm can really change, obviously, Mm. really change the direction a company is going. And that includes guitar companies. And it who knows what it could be like for a lot of like, I think, the early 2000s and the late 90s. Fender's marketing was a little all over the map, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. And they didn't really have a single pointed focus and lately they've been much better about that. And I think the whole Fender ideal is while, while the custom shop tends to hang out in like uh reissue territory, mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the company I think is keeping that Fender, that Leo Fender ideal and always moving forward. Like the guitars we saw at Nam that have the card you put in the back to rewire the pickups. Right. Right. Actual innovation. That is such, right. That is such a Fender idea. Mm. So, but this will be interesting. As we find out who it is, we'll let you know. Um, Larry Thomas was the, he held positions at Guitar Center uh, and some other notable places, not in the music world, but Guitar Mm -hmm. Center most notably. So, interesting stuff. Well, well, he wasn't there for that long, but hopefully, hopefully he's, um, He's spread a good attitude, I guess, because if we think he's doing a good job, we hope the people uh, that replace him will do a good job. I think Gibson could use a dose of this. I think the whole Fender message is much tighter now Mm -hmm. than it used to be. Gibson's just like all over the place. (laughs) If you're asking me, I don't know, whatever. I could go on about that for another hour. (laughs) Why don't we? (laughs) And another thing. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, hey, let's, um, when, when are we going to do another one of these? Do you think? I, well, we're aiming for Tuesdays. So, um, I can't imagine there will be enough awesome stuff that we want to talk about every Tuesday. Yeah. Maybe we can get back to our original intention of being bi-weekly. Right. Is it bi-weekly or bi-monthly? 
semi-monthly. Those those mean the same thing. <laughs> Depending on who you're talking to. <laughs> right. And they also mean bi-monthly also means like every two months or twice a month. Yeah. It's acceptable to mean uh, both. That's but, awful. Isn't it? This country is falling down around our ears. <laughs> Oh boy. Oh, so okay. Here we go. Okay. We are on Twitter. Yep. Right? On the Twitters. Yeah, oh, Twitterverse. That's correct. Is that a thing still? At the tone control. Mm-hmm. I don't need to spell out my last name anymore. That's right. <laughs> Who cares if you follow us? Uh, <laughs> uh Facebook.com slash the tone control. Tone control show dot com. <laughs> tone control show at gmail.com. And here's the thing I'm excited about reddit.com r slash r slash the tone control. <laughs> I, have, I, have an, I have an idea. I think this will be a cool place to share gear with people if they mm-hmm. want to post their photos and what they're using. Um, we'll take that share everywhere, it, of course. Share we'll it, yeah, we'll that's share right. it all over. Share it to any of those things. Um, send it to us on Twitter. Send it on the Facebook page. Um, email it directly. Whatever is easiest for you and we'll collate them and... Um, you know. Yeah, well, if something's coming up that looks really cool, we'll, we'll mention it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I want to do, I, I did this 20 minutes, like I said, before we started the episode. Uh, when we're recording, obviously, we're going to let everybody know. So if you have a question and it gets to us while we're recording, we'll, we'll take care of it. Yeah. So that, inc- that includes posts on Reddit. So check that out. Did we, did um, we check the, the Twitter? Twitter is probably the most real-time thing we're going to get here. Twitter so. probably is Reddit's. I mean, Facebook and Reddit are probably pretty close. Yeah. I haven't gotten any anything on Twitter. Uh, nobody cares. Nobody's Twitter. <laughs> they just want to. They want to know when the episode is up. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, whatever. Well, hey, I was just looking at my calendar, and it looks like two weeks from today is actually going to be an all right day for recording. If I let me just check again, we might actually get onto a real schedule. So that's going to be... Was that the 6th? The 6th, because that is the week before the next time I have to go away to Kentucky for a few days. So, um, Oh, look at you go. Yeah. So I've been busy working, which is good, but it means I can't do some of this fun stuff. Um, ended up in Kentucky for a few days doing sound for a video shoot, and we'll be which going Which worked back. out fine that one week because there wasn't a lot to talk about, and then... Like right in the middle of that week, it was suddenly everything. Everything to talk about. happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but anyway, hit us up. Check it out. Check it out. Um, that's probably is that all the things we need to do. Oh, uh, don't forget to check out pedalgenie.com/slash tone control. Proud to have we thank them. them. Yeah, we thank them. Proud to have them as a sponsor, and uh, we'd like you to go there and see for yourself how much fun you could be having trying out all kinds of pedals I spend way too much time on that side <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're always posting like we just got these I'm like oh bad news <laughs> uh, alright well I'll see you <laughs> peace y'all peace <laughs> y'all